What is? Oh, it's Friday. Friday, the fourteenth day of October, two thousand and twenty-two, uh, and I am happy to share with all two of you. Uh, that I am once again gainfully employed. It has been a long slog to get here, but I've made it. So far, this job seems very interesting, and I'm very eager and curious to see how this progresses.、Uh, I'm going to try to make an effort to be a bit coy about the job itself. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some things that、uh, will come up, but in terms, you know, I'm never going to say the name of the company. Um, because you know, quite frankly, I don't want to get them tied up into this nonsense. Why would I do that? You know, those are innocent people over there. So, so I'm hoping I don't talk about work specifically too much. I mean, there's there's some very cool aspects to the job, and you know, if you if you know me and follow my、uh, personal pages, you'll know eventually. Uh, what it is that I'm doing, but I'm still in sales. It's just a different kind of sales. I'm finally in an industry where I'm selling something that people actually want, like legitimately want. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but there is one aspect that I、uh, will talk about often because it drives me absolutely mental. Um, and that is the fact that I once again cannot stand the MBTA,、uh, Keolis, and/or the commuter rail. I naively hoped that after two and a half years away, that they'd use the time to reflect, figure out have they how they've managed to do me and thousands upon thousands of others wrong over the past five decades, but no. They've managed to get worse. Some of which is their fault. In fact, most of which is their fault. Some isn't.、Um, the schedules are all out of whack. The wait times seem like forever, and my fellow riders have somehow become even more strange than before. Public transit in in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts has is such a joke that it's hard to get mad at it anymore. To be honest,、uh, pre COVID, at least there were enough people、uh, to run the trains in a moderately efficient fashion, which meant more um、uh, more trains running or more is that is that what you would call it? So like the schedule is condensed now. It's not as Full, as it once was, and that is a legitimate staffing issue. You hear all these people screaming and yelling about how you know nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to work for the fucking T. I mean, there are some people I know that work for the T. They hate it. They hate it. Then there's a few others that don't hate it, but I mean, for the most part, they don't like it. But it's you know you get paid reasonably well. The problem is.、Uh, You know, when COVID hit, you got fucked, and that's why there's nobody there. I mean, that's why they've had to make all these changes. They, it's just a mess. But I mean, they, they seem so short-staffed now at this point that it's a literal coin flip if they're going to arrive and depart anywhere near schedule.
It is a depressing problem for a city that in some ways is a world-class city, but one that'll never, ever go away. That problem will never go away. And that's that's what's holding Boston back from being truly a world-class city, is that they have a horrific public transit system. It would be too expensive and too hard to fix, so we'll just get Band-Aids for the rest of our lives. Or what we're, we'll, boy, I'm off to a great start. Ugh. What we'll get instead uh, is more bike lanes because making traffic worse is clearly the right move when your public transit is a fucking disaster. Huh? 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 You know, uh, also, I wanted to uh, point out here that uh, I was listening to my show. I guess maybe I have three listeners now if I'm listening to my own show. I realized that I'd never really listened to it, uh, you know, with the headphones in. And, you know, I've apologized for this in the past, but this microphone is dog shit. <laughs> it's not good. The whole, the whole setup, not good. The audio, not good. Like, it is, it is the most unidirectional microphone in the history of unidirectional microphones. If I move ever slightly anywhere away from this fucking thing, uh, it doesn't pick it up. It's amazing. But not in a good way, because, I mean, if I'm trying to, you know, uh, there's a word that is at the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. So I'm not going to use it, because I don't want to sound fucking stupid. So a big apology. Now that I'm employed, maybe I'll invest in a decent microphone. <laughs> Probably not, but we'll see. Uh, I've got a ton of shit on my list that I may or may not get to. So if I mention something in the open here and don't get to it, uh, you can just bugger off. I'll get to it at, at some point. Uh, Tom and Giselle, Kanye, Week 5's uh, hashtag dumb teams. Alex Jones, Dan Schneider, but I have four outstanding voicemails. You see that, people? Four in one show. Might be a record. I'm fucking pumped. I am pumped. Um. Anyways, all that and little else that'll mean anything. Right here, right now, on episode 137 of Complaints and Observations. Still the most less-than-average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. I forgot uh, how much I dislike recording these things at night. 
Anyways, uh, how you doing? How's it going? Everybody good? How's your mom? Tell her I said hello. Um, yeah, but seriously, how's it going? Hope everything is uh, is going okay for you and for yours. Uh, hopefully it's going better uh, than the relationship between um, Tom Brady and uh, Giselle Bunchen. Uh, I mentioned this last week and that, you know, I don't really think it's um, all that newsworthy. And I still don't. The thing that gets me, though, right, is I wonder how long this is going to drag out. Because I don't see him doing anything during the season. You know what I mean? I don't see him doing, you know, uh, meeting with his... I mean, he might have conversations with his lawyer. Uh but I'm not 100% certain as to how much effort he's going to put into this. And look, maybe he's just saying, look, she can have what's hers and I'll have what's mine. We'll call it a day because she has more than him. Allegedly. So I'm curious to see how it plays out now. Um, is it going to be a straight 50-50? The thing is, we'll never know, nor should we, because it's none of our fucking business. That's the other problem. It doesn't fucking matter. It's none of our fucking business. Like, stop it. Enough. It's like, you know, oh, he's not playing well because he's getting a divorce. Yeah, maybe. That's a big fucking deal. Like, I don't care who you are. Uh, you know, you, you're with someone for 15 years or so. Uh, you know, you procreate a few times, and, and now what? And now, now you don't like each other. That's fine. That's heavy shit. That is heavy shit. So if he's not playing well, it there's it's understandable. But he's it's not like he's not playing well. It's just everything around him stinks. But I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how how it progresses because it's. Uh, Actually, you know, honestly, I don't really know. I just kind of hope that they are are okay. <laughs> and I don't want to sound ridiculous when I say that, but I kind of am. You know, they have kids, for Christ's sakes. And, I mean, everybody knows my feelings about children, but, you know, I, I don't wish ill upon them most of the time. In this particular instance, I don't. It would make me wonder if his oldest one is is sort of, I don't know, counseling the others, right? Because, I mean, he kind of, he's grown up his whole life with his parents not being together. So it's like, okay, how, how, do, how have you, you handled it? Well, little ones, uh, this is what I do, and I've managed to be mostly normal from all reports. Who knows? Seems a little weird, but, you know, he's 15. That's kind of how 15-year-olds go. They're just weird. So you just kind of hope that everybody gets through and it's not a problem, right? Yeah, that's what I think. But, you know, everyone's going to make it all salacious. And, you know, it sounds to me as if they had a fight. That was the culmination of a lot of discussion. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to say like heartache because that sounds stupid. 
discussion and bullshit, let's call it that, on both sides of the aisle, if I had to assume. So, uh, Godspeed to uh, Tom and Giselle and the family. Uh, I hope it ends amicably. Uh, I hope you're both adults. I hope this doesn't get dragged into the tabloids. It's bad enough that that shit's already been leaked. So, good luck. Uh, Speaking of tabloids, let's talk for a minute about Kanye West. Uh, I think I've mentioned him on the show previously, but I don't particularly care for the man, so I don't uh, feel the need to talk about it. But he tweets out, you know, the other day about how he's going to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. Doesn't give a reason, like, why is he mad at Jews? Um, Not that he needs one, because when you say shit like that in front of Millions of people on Twitter, like literal, his following is huge. And he's so fucked up between the ears that he doesn't, he cannot comprehend what it is that he's doing. He's wearing t-shirts that say uh, white lives matter. He's hanging out with Candace Owens. And, you know, another one of these people is going to feel the need to let everyone know his political views Um, and how much of a fucking piece of shit he is. But it kind of goes back to what I've said previously about these celebrities who live in a bubble. This fucking dummy, first and foremost, needs a psychiatrist, okay? He needs legitimate psychiatric help. He'll never get it. Unless there's like a uh, 5150 somehow. But I mean, you know, he's never going to get it. He's never going to be mentally okay between the ears. And until then, until that, the possibility, if it ever gets there, and I just totally contradicted myself, fuck off. But the man is mentally unstable, yet he still has this massive platform. It sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Doesn't it? He has a massive platform to say fucking shit. Like, shit that 10 years ago, if somebody said it, they would be canceled. And rightfully so. Because you can't go around saying, you're going to go DEFCON 3 on Jews. Like, what the fuck? What are you doing? It's just, it's, you know, we need to learn to ignore stupidity as a society, right? Yet again, this goes back to my Jeffrey Dahmer thing where Americans are so fixated on the worst. They're so fucking fixated on the worst. Jeffrey Dahmer, Kanye West, like Donald Trump, fixated on the worst of us for some weird fucking reason like why it, it it there is no uh benefit to that whatsoever for us as a society or as human beings there's no benefit there and there's no fix for it right 
mainly because that stupidity just keeps getting shoved into our faces on a regular basis for no fucking reason other than it, you know, might make a few bucks, right? It's just, oh, man. I'm almost to the point where I, where I just feel bad. I just don't know who I'm feeling bad for. But, I mean, shitty people. It's always it's always the shittiest people with the biggest fucking audience. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Speaking of shitty people, Alex Jones was found, uh, not guilty, but a judgment was found against him. Financial judgment. The Sandy Hook families uh, sued him uh, civilly. And uh, the judge and the jury or whoever um, came back with a, a final judgment against him for $956 million in damages that he has to pay out. A little light, if you ask me. Um, not sure how they came up with that odd number, 956. There must be a reason for it. I don't know what it was, because quite frankly, I didn't do uh, a deep dive on this thing because it's sickening. It, it's honestly, it's sickening. And I really hope, against hope, that um, all of these families take a page out of the book of Ron Goldman and harass this man um, into poverty. Ron Goldman has been a fucking pit bull, a savage on O.J. Simpson for decades now. Barely lets the man breathe without fucking putting a hand in his pocket and making sure there's no money in it. And O.J. got so desperate, he, he fucking broke into a... Uh, he committed armed robbery. <laughs> But honestly, I couldn't I, I couldn't laugh hard enough. I hope somehow he's made to fucking suffer. He's already, you know, yapping and saying dumb shit and, and has a ton of people behind him. Because again, kind of goes back to what I said. We have a fascination with stupidity. An obsession. It uh, he, I just thought of something and it just Oh boy, David. That's a good one. I hate when I think of something that's good, and then I say, oh, I'll dig into that, and then I don't. Now, all right. I want to preface this by saying, well, let me finish my previous thought. So, you know, I want Alex Jones to suffer <clears throat> publicly for every single day for the rest of his life. How that happens, I don't know. But, you know, I want... I want fucking a live stream of the DOJ going into his house and taking everything he owns, going into his studio and ripping it apart and fucking auctioning off everything. I want I want all of that to be on display. Because it is literally the only thing that man deserves to be fucking publicly embarrassed because he's such an egomaniac and a sociopath 
that being embarrassed, again, another fucking trait of these people, being embarrassed is the worst punishment. The obsession with stupidity. Now, I'm going to make a correlation here that I don't really think is 100% accurate, okay? But there's some legs here. I find my uh, feelings on religion are well, relatively well-known. I mean, look, only three people listen to the show, myself included. So how the fuck do you know? I don't have a... I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I don't have an issue with faith, I think is the right way to put it, okay? Like, if you want to, if you want to believe in a higher power, in in some sort of entity, a sentient being, what have you, that's fine. When it starts to harm other people, or when you start to push it on others, that's when it becomes a problem. And that's the tie-in with the stupidity, okay? Now, This is not to say that every single person who goes to church is stupid. They're not. They're not. They're just looking for something. And that's what that's what these religions feed off of is is the human desire to 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 connect, right? Why do you think social media is so huge? It's that in that that built-in desire to connect with something, someone, etc. So not every person that goes to church is stupid. But a lot of them are. And it's safe to say 50%. I don't want to go more than that because it's unfair, okay? You have you have a lot of people blindly following shitty people, right? Joel Austin, who we've talked about before, the douchebag who has way too much fucking money. All of these fucking, um, there's a word for it, and it's eluding me at the moment. The preachers that tell you that Jesus wants you to give give him money. Not Jesus, the preacher. See what I'm saying? The preacher says, Jesus says you need to give me money so that you can go into heaven. Except you give him money every week, and what the fuck? What do you get out of that? Nothing. Nothing but bounce checks, Nana. Stop giving Joel Austin all your money. So it's that desire, that connection, that that need to be part of something. And it really, it just all fucking ties together. You know what the worst part about this is? I think that is a legitimately uh, cognizant comparison that I've just come up with. But in in the space of talking about it for the last two minutes, I've completely fucking lost it. I don't, I don't know. Where was I going with that? The obsession of stupidity. The, 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 the worship of the stupid. When those people who are being worshipped are stupid yet are smart enough to convince the flock whatever they're saying is true. It's 
And it's not a uniquely American problem. It is, uh, it is very much a human problem where our need and desire to just be part of something and connect with something and uh, is, is occasionally dangerous. As we saw, you know, in, in Germany in the 1930s and 40s, the, the desire to connect with something that you somehow believe, uh, you know, can cause issues, big issues. And so that's part of the reason. I mean, the correlation is stupid and the connection doesn't make any sense. I'm not calling Kanye West a Nazi. He's just an idiot. He's a mentally ill moron. Which is entirely possible. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And it exists. The worst part is, right? His music is not that good and hasn't been good for a very long time. Let's be fucking honest here. College Dropout, Dynamite Album. Everything after that, caca. There was one song, or a couple songs off that second album, uh, the name of which eludes me. Just like most of, most basic uh, um, comprehension and thought eludes me. A couple of songs off that album that weren't terrible. But again, that last album he put out, boy, was that fucking hot garbage. That was fucking disgusting. So I want Alex Jones to suffer. I want him to be a a sad, flabby troll. Broke. Debtor's prison. We need debtor's prisons again. The guys from the Carnival Podcast mentioned that. <clears throat> um, speaking of the Carnival Podcast, you should check that out. Carnival. Hold on. Wait a minute. That's not the name of it. I am so stupid. Carnival Personnel. Carnival Personnel Podcast. Man, I am dumb. Carnival Personnel Podcast. Check it out. It's pretty good. Um, Dan Snyder. There's another guy who I would love to see, um, you know, broke, miserable, etc. But he won't, and I'll tell you why. There was an article that came out today on ESPN. Today is in Thursday on ESPN. If you haven't read it yet, uh, set aside a couple hours to read it. It is obnoxiously long. It's another uh, Seth Wickersham piece. Uh, I've come to realize that Seth Wickersham loves himself some Seth Wickersham. Very good writer. Very good journalist. As good as a journalist can be these days, which is tough because there aren't many left. But it was an entire article about Dan Snyder. And like how much of a shitbag he is. And basically how apparently, according to a lot of folks around him, he has a lot of dirt on other owners, Roger Goodell, etc. That he apparently has no issue um, releasing if it comes down to it. This is the world that billionaires reside in. He talked about the Hollywood bubble a minute ago. Um, 
or the, yeah, the Hollywood bubble. But it, the billionaire bubble is very similar in that their defense, like the truth does not exist, right? The truth does not exist. So they need to figure out ways to insulate themselves from, from uh, consequence, right? So here's Dan Snyder. Knows full well that he's a bag of shit. He knows it. He'll never come out and say it, but he knows it. He knows he's a piece of shit. Hiring private detectives to to get dirt on a variety of owners, Jerry Jones included, Roger Goodell. And here's the thing, okay? Uh, you know, he seems, oh, I'm going to bring the league down. Buddy. America is so obsessed with the NFL, right? You can come out and say that uh, there's a fucking puppy mill in uh, Jerry Jones's bedroom and he's raping and killing dogs. It's not going to change a fucking thing. It'll be a handful of people that'll stop watching. Not enough to keep that fucking machine from, uh, not the puppy mill, but the NFL machine from slowing down. Just won't happen. It's too big. It's too popular. It's that old parlance of too big to fail, right? It's not going anywhere. I don't care what the fuck Dan Snyder says. And again, unless unless charges, unless he has dirt on anybody that is so vile. And here's the thing, right? Ask yourself, what it what would be so vile that would force a uh, a longtime football fan to no longer be a football fan? What would it take? What would it take? Honestly, think about it. Because I don't think owners doing anything is is fucking anything that fans care about, right? Again, you might have a couple of people that would care, but the vast majority of Cowboys fans would continue to be fans of the Dallas Cowboys regardless of who owns the team. But again, Dan Snyder does not fucking comprehend this. Why? Because he lives in a fucking bubble. And he doesn't understand anything normal. He doesn't get it. He thinks the way he's going to fight this is not to, you know, accept the consequences, repent, uh, try to be a better human. Nope, none of those things. Sorry, can't do them. I need to dig up dirt on Jerry Jones because that's the only way I'm going to continue to be the owner of what used to be a very, very proud franchise with a horribly racist name. But, you know, how many people actually thought about that back in the 80s? Not many. I'm sure there were some, but not many. It's fucked up. It's fucked up that it, it's almost going to be a very Al Capone-ish ending for Dan Snyder, right? Where the feds knew full well what Capone was up to for a very long time. You know, the, the smuggling, the, the booze, the killings, this, that, and the other. 
Why the fuck did Al Capone go to jail? Tax evasion. So it's going to be a very similar uh, type of thing here. The story that Wickersham put out mentions that uh, what could be the ultimate downfall has to do with a loan cap that the NFL has for or, or debt cap, something like that, where you can't you can't take on too much debt. You can only take so much debt on for a project, right? So in this particular instance, uh, Dan Snyder has the worst building in the NFL. The worst. So he's trying to borrow money to build a new stadium. But apparently the league is going to put a stop to it and say that it can only go... They Apparently they extended it before for something. I, I don't recall off the top of my head. But the, the cap is like $200 million, and they extended it for him previously up to 450 So apparently the league thinks that, or Wickersham says that the league thinks that this could be the way to get him out, where, um, you know, it has to almost be like a Donald Sterling with the Clippers type of deal where he's removed, the wife becomes the owner of the team, and then she sells the team, right? So you can see that coming. You can see it coming where Dan Snyder is no longer going to be the owner of the Redskins, but it's not going to be because of sexual assault, a absolutely vile workplace environment, uh, the fucking in-house racism, and all this other shit that, you know, you or I in a place of business would have lost our jobs years ago or our businesses years ago. That's not going to happen with this guy. It's going to be a Al Capone type situation. Granted, not the most uh, apt comparison, but it's close, right? At least that's what I think. I'm saying right. I'm only asking myself. <sighs> So, yeah, um, I just I, I just really wish that there'd be anybody in that league with some fucking integrity and some balls, but there isn't any. And everybody shits on the NBA because, you know, they're they're woke. It's a woke league. No, they're just not a bunch of fucking assholes. Are there a ton of assholes in the NBA? You sure fucking betcha. Paul Metzler, you betcha. I don't know if anyone will get that joke, but... <laughs> oh, what a great movie. Um, but, I mean, these guys in the NFL, all they care about is one thing. It's making money. And there'll be a couple guys that'll talk, well, it's all about winning. No. It's really not. It's about making money. That's it. Making money and protecting money. Dan Snyder more or less stole money out of pockets of the other owners, but they won't do anything uh, for fear of rocking the boat. He withheld fucking uh, ticket info from these guys. And it's a straight revenue-sharing model they have. 
So if Snyder is withholding ticket sales, he doesn't have to give the other owners as much money. The whole thing is a fucking, uh, it's ridiculous. How is he allowed to get away with this? I hate his guts, and I don't even fucking like the Washington football team. Never have. Hated them my entire life. Fuck them. At this point, they're not even really a fucking team. They're a laughing stock. This article also said that apparently Dan Snyder is responsible for Carson Wentz being their fucking quarterback. He should have to fucking give up his franchise just for that. That guy stinks. All right, I'm going to make this particular segment quick uh, because I really want to get to the uh, voicemails. Uh, it is time for uh, hashtag dumb teams week five in the NFL. And uh, whoa, seltzer. Woo. Terribly sorry. Uh, excuse me. Um, team number one, the Arizona Cardinals. Honestly, Kyler Murray, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Spike the ball on third down. Uh, you're a fucking moron. The uh, flip side of that is your coach is a moron too. So, dumb team. The Carolina Panthers <laughs> uh, fired their head coach, Matt Rule, who shouldn't have been hired in the first place, but what can you do? Apparently, his contract is so ridiculous that they owe him like 48 million bucks. How fucking wild is that? The guy gets hired. He his record 11 and 27. He was he was fucking awful and he's going to be rewarded by being paid 48 million bucks to do nothing. Here's the thing though, right? He's uh he's going to get another job. He's going to go back to college. Uh, you know, he'll probably end up at like fucking Nebraska or some shit, which is probably why he got fired this week as opposed to, you know, I don't know, a few more weeks. Who the fuck knows? But he's going to go to college. He's going to make bank in college. So he's not even he's not going to make he's not going to get that 48 million bucks cuz he's going to get another job, but if he was smart, he would just be like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to Wait for these checks to come in and sit on the beach and fucking drink beer for the rest of my life. Like, what the fuck? Why would you do anything else? Go on TV once a week on Fox. Urban Meyer can do it. Why the fuck can't Matt Rule? At least Matt Rule wasn't a giant fucking ugh, accessory, basically. Uh, but honestly, uh, good luck finding a fucking coach, Caroline. I mean, keep what you got. You got Steve Wilkes, who I think was a, an interim coach somewhere else, too. Uh, hold on to that guy with both fucking hands, because getting another, getting a good coach into that program, eh, it's going to be tough, because you're going to end up trading away all, all these guys. McCaffrey's gone. See you later. Robbie Anderson, gone. I'm sure there's a handful of pieces on the defensive side. Gone. Gone. They're just going to tear it down, rebuild, start from scratch, and stink. 
you can't really, I mean, you can suck uh, on purpose, but I mean, there's nobody in this draft, at least not that I'm aware of. Like, it's not Arch Manning time yet. So you're picking the wrong time to tank. I don't know why it sounded like that. <laughs> you picked the wrong time to tank. Uh, who else? Uh, oh, the Raiders. Yeah, that coach. Mm. Mm. A real shame. Tons of talent. Tons and tons of talent. Uh, but with a coach who just can't figure shit out. And now he's got a wide receiver running around fucking knocking off a cameraman. Here's the thing that I, and I heard somebody say this, right? I don't know where I heard it. It might have been on McAfee. I can't remember. But, like, how is there no blame on the NFL or the team for allowing that fucking cameraman to be in the ramp there? Get him, get these fucking people out of here. He shouldn't even have been standing there. Sure, he shouldn't have been knocked over, but he shouldn't even have been standing there. What the fuck? That's bullshit. And now he's fucking filing charges. He's going to sue and all this other crap. He's going to probably do the classic neck brace move. Show up to court with the neck brace on. <laughs> I hope he does. I don't know you, sir, but please do that. Uh, and then finally, not really a hashtag dumb team, but NFL refs. Uh, two pass interference calls over the weekend. Uh, one against Atlanta uh, in Tampa, where Tom Brady was sacked as clean as you possibly could sack a guy. Like, Grady Jarrett had his arms around Brady's waist, twisted him around, down he goes. And there was a fucking flag on the play. Not sure what else he could have done uh, other than, like, you know, slap him with two hands and say, ref, I got him. And then the other night in that same uh, that same Raiders team, uh, Chris Jones from the Chiefs uh, sacks Derek Carr, and while he is sacking him, literally strips him of the football, and then like he has to use his... You know, so now he's got one arm wrapped around the ball, uh, another arm kind of getting ready for impact on the ground. But he's on top of, of Derek Carr, and he like, lands on top of him. Mind you, he has the football. He has the football. So Derek Carr, at that point, is no longer the quarterback. He is now a defensive player. Yet, roughing the passer. And the league says, oh, we're not going to do anything about this year. What? What? You're going to do shit about concussions because, you know, uh, you almost fucking got a kid killed. Now you're going to go overboard. Now you're going to take guys off the field that probably shouldn't be taken off the field because you think they might have a concussion. You never cared about it before, and next year this time, you won't care about it again. So you can change that rule, but you can't change this rule. What are you doing here, Raj? Huh? What are you doing? 
Honestly, get your fucking shit together. It's you're embarrassing yourself. Not that you care because you're making like thirty three million dollars a year. So fuck you. Oh, it's voicemail time. Let's go. Mr. Dave, Andrew here, longtime listener, bigger fan, bigger time, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I'm here with a complaint. Uh, it took a little, a couple months for this to accumulate, I guess, because, you know, it's been well over a year at least, like maybe two since uh, things have been acceptable, you know, like gatherings and all that. So my complaint directly is like, why did everybody have to fucking decide to get married this fucking year? Like, I, my wall is empty. Like, I I have three weddings in October. Uh, I had four over the summer. Yeah, to make like a long story short, it's just like, you know, clearly, like, why do we have to rush this? You know, everybody thought, oh, okay, the gate's open, so now we can get married. Why don't we just all kind of stagger it a little bit? You know, me and my fiance, we're waiting probably at least like another two years, like, because everybody else is just filling up all the slots and, you know, you kind of have to eat. So we're waiting a little while to, you know, add that to everybody's, uh, you know, expenses or so to speak. But, um, yeah, the complaint, I guess, is, uh, why do everybody try and keep up with the Joneses? Like, and, you know, be like, oh, you know, we're getting married too. I know we've been engaged a while, but we're finally doing it. And you can all see now. Yay. Uh, the best part was the yay at the end. Um, so, I don't, I don't, well, first and foremost, Angel, welcome back. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, I have missed your input. Um, Dearly, I really have. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Um, one, I, I don't know exactly how old you are. I'm assuming that you're uh, late 20s, early 30s. That's my guess. I could be way off. But if you're in that window, um, COVID or not, this would be happening. Everybody, everybody has gone through this at that particular age where everyone they know is all getting married at the same fucking time. However, I think COVID may have sort of exasperated that because you had a lot of people that were engaged pre-COVID and then, you know, are just antsy to get married for whatever fucking reason. I didn't get married till I was 40. There's a handful of factors involved, but still. You know, I was never in a in a mad rush or hurry to get married. Um, you know, I just had to fuck up a few times before I found someone who could actually put up with me. So I guess if you find someone at, at you know at the right age or at that particular age, then you should go for it, regardless of you know how much it's going to cost your guests. That's the, the but that's the thing though, Andrew. Okay. If everyone is having the same kind of wedding and it's going to cost everybody all kinds of money, well, then, you know, that's the shitty part. Everybody feels the need, especially if it's like a bunch of friends that know each other. They're all going to fucking try to outdo each other. That's how it goes in most cases. Not all. Most. 
So, I mean, to me, that's like, that's almost like a bigger problem is why do you have to feel the need to fucking bankrupt your, your, your guests? Had this conversation like Heather called in the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago with a very similar complaint. How it, it's 10 times worse for women, Andrew. And you should know that 10 times worse. It costs them way more, especially if they're in said weddings. Now, had you said to me, uh, Dave, I've, I'm in three weddings in October and I was in four uh, over the summer, I would say, well, one, you, you know, stop being so popular. Two, that fucking sucks. My guy, that, that would not be good. So I'm glad you didn't say that. But, you know, it, and then it's always the people that think like you that do things a little bit different where they end up making a more memorable event. At least that's what I think in, in my in my uh, dumb opinion. I think it's the folks like you who wait, who uh, try to do things a little bit different, who aren't, you know, uh, the same as everyone else. They always make a more memorable event. My wife and I got married on December 1st for a handful of reasons. One, it was a little bit cheaper. Two, we didn't like, we didn't want to get married when it was like hot. Because what the fuck? That's gross. We didn't want a kitschy fall wedding. We didn't want a May wedding. December worked fine. And we had a fucking great time. I think we had an excellent wedding. Now, was it like uh, the best wedding ever? For some people, no. For me, it was. Granted, I'm a tad biased, but what can you say? Oh my God, this fucking seltzer. And not to mention, people are just fucking impatient, dude. That's just how... Again, you're in that fucking age. You're in the age range. (laughs) You're in that age range where they're just impatient. They don't want to fucking wait for everything. The entire world revolves around them, so they need to do it now, 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 now. That's how it goes, and that's how Andrew ends up getting stuck in attending seven weddings in a year. But on the flip side, man, I fucking love weddings. Weddings are awesome. I love them. They're fun as hell. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm going to start going to more funerals than weddings at my age. I shouldn't say that. That's terrible. I'm not going to, I take that back. Tons more weddings. Just not mine. Hey, Dave, it's Andrew again, you know, two times in one week. And, you know, that's how we do it around here. Um, I was calling to say how much I fucking hate when, like, you know, you already know the type, like, and not to shit on people with small cars, because I know you got a Honda Fit, so respect. But, like, let's say you upgraded to a Honda Pilot, and then, you know, you're starting to drive that around, and you're like, whoa, this thing's a lot bigger, you know? Like, maybe I can take really fucking wide turns, even though there's a lane next to me. And I'm going to get into that lane just to do a U-turn or to take a left onto another street. You know, that, that kind of really drives me insane considering, like, you know, I don't drive, like, a an 18-wheeler, but I drive, like, a truck that has a trailer connected. So you kind of – I wouldn't say you go as wide as, like, something like that. But what, just, you know, when I see a friggin' SUV or even, like, a fucking Nissan Altima just taking, like – 
up half the lane next to them just to, like, make a turn they think is tight or to pull into a bank parking lot. I just want to pull them out. I want to get out of the car and then hop in the car with them and be like, no, 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 no. This is how we do it. So, yeah, that's my complaint, you know. People need to maybe drive smaller cars or stick with them if they're going to take cars, like, turns like that because it's honestly a liability. It's not safe. Have a great day. Love the show. Andrew with uh, two complaints in a week. Um, Love when he's on that on that type of kick. So it's funny that he mentioned this because uh, the other night, um, friends and I were uh, we went to see Allison Chains at the old Great Woods. Um, good show. Wouldn't say great because they only played for like fucking a little more than an hour. The openers were all garbage not literal garbage not the band garbage i've never seen them so i probably would have seen them but it was bush and uh breaking benjamin i have zero desire to see breaking benjamin not a fan bush i would have seen but they played before breaking benjamin why the fuck would i go in to see you know 10 bush songs and then have to listen to 15 breaking benjamin songs anyways uh, my buddy's wife was driving and she drives a, um, an Audi SUV. She's a very aggressive driver, very aggressive. And she's, uh, she takes wide turns and it's odd. I don't understand it. And quite frankly, I think, uh, you know, what you said is right. It's a liability. You got to be careful. There's no, there's no need for it. And it makes me wonder, okay, was she not like taught how to, I don't want to say not taught how to drive. That sounds kind of shitty. And, you know, honest, this isn't really a knock on her per se. And it kind of is, but um, it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder about her driver training. Like how much training did she get? She's taking turns that wide. You would think eventually you'd figure out that you don't need to take turns that wide. Especially when you're pulling... Oh, boy, yeah, that's weird. I wouldn't suggest getting out of your truck, though, Andrew, and jumping into their car. (laughs) Although... (laughs) If you got in and just like did the Matumbo finger wag and was just no, 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 no. You could do that. That'd be fine. It's not quite a carjacking, but it's close. I don't know. Personally, as a Honda Fit owner, right? I think the only people that should be driving anything bigger than that are people like you, Andrew, who are, you know, work for a living and drive around a truck with a trailer, right? That's fine. That's what you should be driving around in. The number of people that drive around in giant pickup trucks for no fucking reason, it's it's so fucking stupid, and I cannot stand it, honestly. I It's just, it makes zero sense to me. The Be A Man, I think I've talked about this before, the Be A Man guy on Instagram, and his best one ever was, uh, you know, 
spend $60,000 on a truck and then do, don't do truck stuff. Be a man. That's like every fucking dude, every douchey dude drives around a fucking big truck and doesn't put anything in it. Or, you know, put shit in it that they could put in a fucking Honda Fit. You'd be surprised how much shit can fit in that car. It's, uh, it's not too shabby. It's plenty for me, because I don't fucking do anything. So it's, you know, whatever. But you're not wrong. Uh, you know, it's almost as if those types of people that drive like that need to check themselves and realize that they aren't driving correctly. So maybe they do need someone to give them the no, no, no and correct them. I don't know, maybe. The Honda Fit is uh, is working overtime this week. I've put more miles in that car this week than I did in probably the, the three previous months combined. <laughs> Which reminds me, I got to put in for a fucking oil change. Yikes. Um, yeah, okay. But um, seriously, Andrew, thank you so much as always. It is so very appreciated that you call in with your petty complaints. I love them. They're the best. Uh, but I do have a couple more. Hey, it's Heather again. Um, I just wanted to first thank you for the shout out for our band, Tight Ass Joint. Uh, there's no music yet, so I can't give you a genre. But one day, one day we'll kind of get our own niche, and I'll let you know. But I'm actually calling to point out an observation that really, really sucks. And I noticed this. I was going to a hotel the other day, and I just realized that people who work the front desk at a hotel are standing the whole time. There's not even a chance that more. And I was like, same thing happens at the airport. They are just not allowed to sit. It's almost worse at an airport because they're their field and then i thought about it more and then i realized grocery store cashiers don't get a sitting break but then the rest of us who probably make more money than a cashier at a grocery store we got all the seats we want so i feel like that's a little bit of inequality but that's that's kind of my observation i feel like we should really stand up for these kind of people of america who are doing the things that i wouldn't necessarily want to do so let me know your thoughts on that um, and if we should provide stools and chairs for these good people. All right. Talk to you soon. As always with uh, with Heather's voicemails, there's a bit to unpack. Uh, first and foremost, yet another shout-out to the tight-ass joints. Uh, someday soon, hopefully. Get some, some banging funk fusion. I don't even know what I called it. <laughs> but whatever. Um, she makes a great point. Um, you know, aside from the connection issues that we had, uh, you know, thankfully Google Translate was able to uh, piece this together. But most of it I could understand. And she makes a phenomenal point. The hotel front desk people, uh, the airline folks, and grocery cashiers are not given the luxury to sit down. I have been wondering this since I was a child. Um, I specifically remember 
like asking a grocery store cashier lady. Um, I, Christ, I couldn't have been any more than like eight or nine years old. And I was like, how come you, you don't sit down? And her only response was, I don't have a chair. It's like, oh, all right. So with the cashiers at the grocery store, they, they have to move around. Okay. So I can understand why they're not sitting or why they don't have a stool. I mean, a, like a stool, a backless stool might be uh, useful. But they do a lot more moving around. The front desk people, they don't need a fucking... They don't need to be standing the whole time. I don't understand. Like, same if you go to the bank. A lot of times, uh, a lot of those people are standing too. The airline folks... Oh, those, I mean, they should get they should get the most comfortable stool possible because the amount of bullshit that they have to put up with on a daily basis necessitates nice and, and quality seating, does it not? Who makes that rule? Who who decided one day? Uh, I bet it was the Hiltons, probably. Those fucking assholes. They were probably like, oh, I don't want I don't want these plebeians sitting down on the job. If they sit, they won't be able to do their job correctly. Yeah, that's probably who it was. It's probably the Hiltons. But I mean, obviously, at some point, somebody made a decree uh that that these people could not sit down while they were doing their job. 90% of jobs, you can sit down, maybe even more than 90%. You're able to sit, yet these very specific jobs uh, require you to stand for some weird fucking reason. Like the people at the ticket counter at, at the airport, what the fuck are they doing that they don't have a fucking place to sit? Come on, that's bullshit. Um, so that's a, that's an excellent observation as always. Thank you, Heather. The best part of that though, at the end when she said, I feel like we should really stand up for these kinds of people. (laughs) We should, we should all stand up for the people that just can't sit down. Hey Dave, what's going on? I'm uh, calling in to further some public discourse about a most important subject that you addressed recently in one of your more recent podcasts, redundant, namely cargo shorts. As a card-carrying member of the cargo shorts community, I thought I'd weigh in briefly on the topic with a prepared statement for your enrichment. So hear me out. Now, your average pair of shorts has four pockets, five if you're lucky. The fifth pocket, the tiny one, is only capable of handling a single guitar pick or maybe some bits of fingernail that you chewed off while waiting in line at the bank. So it's almost worthless. Two of the four remaining pockets are situated between your arse and the things that your arse are about to sit on, which makes little sense. Could you put keys in those pockets? Ouch. Can you stick your wallet in them? Well, hello there, scoliosis. Can you stick your phone back there? Only if you like testing the limits of Gorilla Glass. So that leaves us with two front pockets. Yes, I have keys, a wallet, and a phone. That's three things if my maths are correct. And those three things don't play nice in the same pocket. 
It becomes like some alternate game of rock, paper, scissors, where wallet blocks keys. Keys scratch phone. Phone on wallet makes me look like I have an abnormal growth on my hips. Now, if only there existed a pair of shorts with another pocket conveniently located at a place where my hand naturally falls in my outer thigh, especially one with a resealable security flap so I don't lose my precious belongings. Wait a second. They do exist, and they're called cargo shorts. I know they might be a bit dorky, especially since they were invented by NASA, a fact that I just made up, but they're far more practical than the alternatives, and I find that if you pair them with a nice concert t-shirt, it confuses the cool kids long enough that they leave you alone. So anyway, Dave, there you have it. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening to my solid points about the matter. Take care, man. See you. Wow. Just wow. A prepared statement voicemail. That is a... Oh... Uh, that was that was my friend Jay. I really wish Jay had started the the, the voicemail with a uh, longtime friend, first time caller. That in a, you know a lousy sports radio parlance, but I've known Jay for damn near holy crap, like thirty years. No, not thirty. Well, is it? Yeah, freshman year of high school. Yeah, so thirty years. Holy crap! Whoa. Uh, anyways, so clearly this was something that Jay has been thinking about. Uh, I've made my uh, stance on cargo shorts pretty clear and how I don't care for them. So I'm going to proceed to poke holes all over Jay's argument, all right? First, the uh, that fifth pocket, that's the tiny one, That's that's a change pocket, all right? And... It is useless, mainly because nobody carries change anymore. So it its entire purpose is for the single guitar pick or uh, bits of fingernail. Although, quite frankly, if you're putting bits of fingernail in there, that's I mean that's just that's not just just throw it on the ground. I don't care if you're in the bank or or anywhere. Just get rid of it. It's not good. Don't put it in your pants. Think about that. And then the other problem is the two back pockets. Now, he is he is correct in saying that there's a you end up putting a lot of shit in your front pockets, okay? So it it kind of makes me wonder what's going on with the shit that you're putting in your pocket. How big is your wallet? I have taken to carry uh I now carry just the a single uh thing. I don't even know what you'd call it. But it's not a foldable wallet. It's 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 like a card holder basically. That's what I carry now. I for a long time I uh was, you know, the solid back pocket wallet guy and then I just got out of it cuz I was I don't know. I didn't want to have the bulging uh, you know, thing in my ass. It, are you going to get, unless you're George Costanza, you're not getting scoliosis uh, from a wallet. Like, Jay, what the hell's in your wallet, dude? The packets of sweet and low can come out. Although you do have issues when you have a lot of shit in the pocket banging into one another. So, for example, last weekend I had 
I also keep a eyeglass cleaner in my pocket because I wear glasses and I am always cleaning them. But I also had a pen in my pocket last Saturday. And when I took the eyeglass cleaner out, there's all sorts of blue marks on it. It's like, oh, fuck. It's because of the pen. So I think there are ways around managing the crap that you carry around without having to add extra pockets. They're acceptable in certain situations, and I think I had mentioned this. Like, if you're hiking, fine. Perfectly acceptable, because you have to put other crap in your in those pockets. What is that crap? I don't know. I don't hike. But that was a solid defense. A solid defense of cargo shorts. Um... And he's, he, he quite clearly sounds very passionate. <laughs> but that was awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Jay, for calling. Uh, Jay, he actually sent me a text message. He's like, hey, wh- what's the, the phone number for the voicemail line? I gave it to him. And uh, he said he was going to call. And sure enough, he did. And then after that, he sent me another text with all kinds of nice things to say, which is just basically how Jay rolls anyway. That's just how he is. Uh, He's just too nice. And he said all kinds of nice things about the show, uh, which, believe me, I very much appreciate it, but it makes me question his his, uh, sanity. Not sanity. Intelligence? No, not that either. I don't know. Makes me question something. But I think Jay has now fucking set the table here. We need more. We need more prepared voicemails. Type it out. Let's have it. He's laid it down. (laughs) (coughs) 617-657-4736. Call in, complain, observe. All that other stuff. That was great. As it is Friday, it is time for everyone's favorite part of the show. It's almost over. And it is time for Three Gripes. This week, a special edition of Three Gripes. The train edition. So all three gripes have to do with the fucking train. (laughs) I can almost guarantee you that back in, you know, episode two or three, that I complained about all three of these things. But because I have the memory of a goldfish, uh, I don't recall. So, gripe number one. People who feel the fucking need to talk on the phone while they're sitting on the train. And they continue to talk on the phone as the goddamn train goes under a tunnel. I do not give a single solitary shit about what is going on in your world. But you have now taken the opportunity to 
to uh, to 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 let myself and dozens of other people into your personal life because you feel the need to have a discussion on the train. What are you doing? What is so fucking important that you can't wait until you get off the train in 40 minutes to have this conversation? Why? Why do you do that? And then you know full well where that train is going. And it's going to go under a bridge or into a tunnel. And you're going to lose your connection because that's how this shit works. So when you sit there and say, hello, 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 are you you there? Hello? Hello? Oh, oh, there you are. Oh, we must have gone through a tunnel or something. Yes, because we're on the fucking train. Fuck you. Gripe number two. Walking way too slow between train changes. So, for example, I have to take the red line to orange line change at downtown crossing. And because the whole system is so fucked up and so mistimed that it's a mess. Like, it used to be that, you know, I would get off, uh, get off the red line, get to the orange line, and it would be like six minutes tops for for the next train. Now I've seen this week where I get off the red line, go up to the orange line platform, and it's like 14 minutes for the next train. It's like, what the fuck? 14 minutes. If I didn't have to go like three stops, four stops... I would just walk. But the worst part is that everybody that's on the train, okay, they they know that everyone else is in a hurry, right? It and the thing that I don't understand is is are you just are you being personally shitty when you're walking so slow that people have to you know, purposely move around you because you're going too fucking slow in an important time of the day. Some people are cutting it close for whatever reason. Some people aren't. Some people are just impatient, myself included. And I just want to get to the fucking train. You want to know why? Because I hate being on the train. (laughs) I hate being in the train stations. I think I hate being in the train stations far more than I hate being on the train. The train stations smell bad. Look, the system is 100 plus years old. I get it. Like, You can't really clean the place, but what the fuck? I want to go to Europe and use the train system so bad just so I can see what it could be like. <laughs> so people that fucking lollygag between lines like you can't do that you literally cannot fucking do that it is so unbearably aggravating 
And the worst part is like when you when you're getting up the stairs finally and you can see the train leaving the station. Now you got to wait another fucking 25 minutes for the next fucking train because again, the tea sucks balls. Gripe number 3. The conductor who thinks he's a fucking comedian. Sir, uh I appreciate um, your enthusiasm. I re- that part I do. You know what I don't care for? Uh, the hacky voices, the bad jokes. Like, stop. Like, dude, it's 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 eight o'clock in the morning. Like, we're going to work. Like, nobody wants nobody wants to be on this fucking train. And I think that's part. It's the same with like airline pilots. Um, they're taking people usually places they want to go, or I don't want to say, so not an entire plane full of people that are, depends on where you're going, but in most cases, I would say at least half the people on a plane are on that plane because they want to be, not because they have to be. Whereas the people on the train, 98% of the people on the train at 8 o'clock in the morning, have to be there, not because they want to be there. So, please, there's there's just no, there's no need for it, all right? I don't, I don't need the, you know what I need? I need volume and clarity. That should be Right after driving the train on the track, right after keeping the fucking train on the track, it should be volume and clarity in your announcements. Just just give me that. I don't think I'm asking for a ton, am I? No. No, I really am not. So please, spare me and spare all of us the bullshit. It's not welcome. And that, friends, is the end of the program. A lot of crap crammed in there. Uh, Went over an hour today, which was not my intention by any stretch of the imagination. I'm tired. (laughs) Hey, this work and shit is for the birds, man. That's a joke. All right, settle down. Um, But yeah, I'm tired. So coming in and doing this tonight was, you know, a bit tough, but it's a labor of love, really. I just love talking into a microphone for only myself to hear. You can call into the show. Like Andrew, Heather, and Jay did this week. Fucking four voicemails. God, I love it. Again, thank you guys so much. That was awesome. Um, 617-657-4736. If I had any sort of musical talent, I'd make a jingle out of that. 617-657-4736. Four seven three six. You know, like a like the old. I'm gonna age myself here, but like the old 
uh, phone book jingle. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was saying that and all I could hear was like 9X. <laughs> 617-657-4736. I don't know. Uh, you can go to my Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod. You go to my Twitter page, which is not terrible, also at ComplaintsPod. Uh, you can check out... Uh, what else can you check out? No, that's it. Um, I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page I don't do anything with. Uh, I have uh, a Twitch channel that I can't figure out, and I have a, uh, a TikTok uh, account that I don't do anything with, at ComplaintsTalkTok. Um, as always, I ask sincerely, please tell your friends about the show. Uh, you know, feel free to share. Uh, I keep doing that. Uh, 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 and I know you heard it. I heard it. I know you heard it. I'm sorry. It's a, it's awful. And when I can pick it up, fuck, I'm, I'm so sorry. I wonder how many people fucking bailed 10 minutes into the show. Uh, Sounds like, uh, you know, when you leave the, when you leave the old landline off the hook, uh, 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 that was annoying, huh? If you want to be on the show, uh, let me know again. I, I, I go through these spurts where I throw out, um, you know, uh, requests, uh, to get people on the show and. Uh, typically nobody replies, and then the one person that replies, I, I fuck up the recording, so that was useless. <laughs> uh, but if you want to be on the show, let me know. If you want to pitch anything, let me know. Uh, if if you're a collegiate athlete and you want to be sponsored poorly, let me know. If um, other stuff, let me know. Let me know anything, really. But as always, tell your friends, uh, please tell your moms, and uh, that'll do you, right? So take care of yourself, take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.